0: For all those ask are we really alone, or is there intelligence out there beyond just humans and Gnonu? the Tracers have always been a beacon of hope or fear. Who were the Tracers? Who were the people who carved out vast patterns, dubbed Traces, on so many uninhabited worlds, across so many systems, only to vanish before humans or Ganonu even left their home planets? It's a question everyone wonders about from time to time. The signs of the tracers' ancient civilization are all around us, marking the worlds we visit for work or leisure, and yet we live among them, largely indifferent.
1: People often forget that before we found each other, Gnonu and humans both came across traces first. So there was this sense of dread or fear or excitement building up with every new planet they visited with their slow, Early light flight. The sense of, oh, Lamth, or, oh, God, or, oh, what have you. Who made these things, and when are we going to meet them?
0: That's the voice of Kuth Mudwo, a historian from Hossklam Thud University on Tand. They study the cultural memory of traces among spacers, scientists, co-employees, and others among the minority of our society that spend the majority of their time in space.
1: I want you to imagine the moment about 1800 Tand years, 300 Earth years ago, when the first Gnonu popped up out of their ship on that moon in Gliese 876 system and saw the first human. And beneath the emotions of first contact, both of them were thinking, This is a tracer. It was completely an understandable mistake. Neither species have met anyone intelligent who wasn't of their own species before. Nor had they seen any signs of intelligent aliens besides the traces. And, of course, we still don't know anyone else besides each other. And a ton of microbes, I suppose.
0: As the Human and Ganonu partnership expanded, as Coes took to space to solve our environmental crises and grow their profits, and as tourists took to space to see the sights, there was a quiet engine to all the bounty Tracer Tech.
1: Lots of the early tourism boom was fuelled by what else? What we learned from Tracer ruins about how to make more efficient light flight fuel and that in turn got more people out to see the Tracer Ruins. I still remember my first time seeing one in person. Oh, it was out at Captain's. It was a massive shape, scarring half the planet. The spiral just spiraled in on itself, and you felt like you could disappear in it. Disappear like the Tracers who made it. There... For most people who live on homeworlds there's still this incomprehensibility to the traces that goes way beyond the fact that we have no idea what they were meant for. It's just the scale. Who would make shapes like that and why only on dead worlds? I mean, many of my colleagues think, and I would agree, that the Coes Never would have allowed AAA to be passed into law by Jaygoth if there were any traces on living worlds. But I digress. Are they art? Are they language? Are they blueprints? For what? You know, we don't even believe that any traced world we've found is the one the tracers originated from. We haven't found the home world Where did this ancient species come from? Where did they go? Naturally, when a question goes unanswered for so long, people tend to lose interest. They just get used to living with a mystery. But I, I want to know.
0: Professor Moodwo isn't the only one who wants to know. In addition to sparking academic interest, passion for the tracer mystery abounds in the conspiracy theorist community. Celebrity is <laughs> The soap opera, Dr Sung will see you now. even make one. But hardcore members still...
2: A Science Fiction Podcast, Episode Two Odd Size Baggage.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
4: <sighs> so this is it, huh? Still not talking to me, Russ Bucket? Just gonna make me listen to some shitty tracer documentary some armchair analyst thought would win them a Jug Award? Huh? The exit is sealed for your safety. Hey, thanks. It's a lovely tomb. <sighs> if I could just... get some light in here. Ah... Absolutely nothing useful in this tin can. No control panel, because oh my stars. What if someone hit the wrong button and sued the co? So instead, they just make us helpless. No signal, naturally. It's a burner. Gotta prepare for all possibilities. And... It's not like it'll matter if I'm found with what's in this suitcase. Is the video recording? Good. <clears throat> to the Jacob agent who finds this, give this video to Sandrine Bobby of Groombridge Station. No, that isn't her real name, and you're going to leave her well enough alone. Here's why. Locker J13 at Middleman Storage in Derido. Code 206265. You might have to work with the soul system authorities to access it, but I'm sure you'll have your... ways. Inside, you'll find damning evidence identifying the perpetrators behind over a dozen of your most high-profile cold murder cases. You'll recognize a lot of the names from various co-boards, but you should know them for who they really are. Scum, who hired? A contract killer like me to take out anyone who was trying to rise against them. I pulled the trigger, but they called the shots. These are all bad people who have had it too good for too long. They took their seat at the table, and they haven't budged. And they've pushed others away, leaving them starving on the floor. I'd prefer they go out staring down the barrel of my gun, but... Well, I don't do that anymore. And so long as they suffer. I trust That's enough of a bribe for you, though you don't have to call it that if you don't want. If you find me dead in this pod, you'll soon have much bigger problems. (sighs) Well, if I die, I die on my terms.
2: You are in the wrong, replied the fiend. trying so hard. And, instead of threatening, I am content to reason with you. I am malicious because I am miserable. Am I not shunned and hated by all mankind? You, my creator, would tear me to pieces and triumph. Remember that, and tell me why I should pity man more than he pities me. Would you not call it murder if you could... Read aloud. Paused.
3: Hmm? What's this now?
5: But, Doctor, I'm afraid of skipping. Never fear, Hieronymus. My friend here has the finest racing ship in the galaxy. It's fast, it's safe, and it's our ticket away from the Mafia. Doctor, it's not that. It's my motion sickness. I've got the perfect cure for that, my dear. Our love.
3: Bravo! Incredible memory.
5: Ah, what? Uh, uh...
3: Those were lines from Dr. Tsung will see you now, right? the soap opera? Oh, if only love could cure motion sickness. But then it's not the most accurate show, is it?
5: Yes, um, Hieronymus wasn't the most well-written that episode. To whom am I speaking?
3: Hey, sorry to startle you there. This is your flight attendant, Malachi Tessera, or perhaps not your flight attendant. Your voice isn't familiar. You definitely aren't a passenger, but ship seems to have put us in contact, so you're probably in another escape pod. Good job, ship. This interference is a lot to untangle, but you're doing great. Still can't hear me, huh?
5: It can't hear you either?
3: So you are in an escape pod.
5: Yeah, but I'm not, like, a passenger, per se.
3: You don't say... You don't seem like a rescuer, either, so... Stowaway? Oh, we haven't had one of those in ages!
5: You're, like, really casual about this.
3: If you're a soul on board, I look after you. Never mind that we aren't really on board anymore. Plutonic are the only ones who care if you paid. We don't. Right, ship?
5: Uh... Yeah, yeah, you got me. I'm a stowaway. <laughs> no point in, like, not admitting that, I guess?
3: You're lucky we you had an extra escape pod.
5: Oh, oh, stars. Oh, stars. Oh, my stars. Oh, oh, you're right. Oh, you are surfaced hell. I should have... I could have, like... I could have killed you. I could have killed me. This is... This is, like, all my fault. Holy surfaced fuck.
3: Hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa there. Hey. It's gonna be all right.
5: No, it isn't. Sorry, all due respect, but, like... You don't know. I, I should have told you or, or the captain. We'll have or something time for that or, I,
3: after uh, you catch your breath. Uh, th- you still there? All right. Let's work under the assumption you can still hear me, okay? Okay. I can hear you. I'm here. Just here. Not going anywhere. Remember to breathe. Deep and slow, in for four, hold for seven, out for eight. Deep and slow, like that. In, out. Yeah, that's much better. Keep breathing, in and out, just like that. Now if you want, can you stretch your legs down as far as you can go in the pod? Twist the ankles, make the toes make a circle Feel that muscle stretching And then relax it I'm I'm here I'm here with you, friend Keep breathing Good You just keep breathing, friend Hey, let's try a story To pass the time and give you something else to think about From what you were quoting earlier It sounds like you're a big fan of Dr. Song we Will See You Now now, I've only seen season one out of the, what, ten they've got out now? And... Uh,
5: Fifteen.
3: Fifteen? Ooh, that's impressive. Well, the episode where Dr. Sung and Hieronymus go skipping wasn't in season one, but the two of us, my friend, we've got some time. And you're in luck. I can tell you about the time I went skipping. It was out of the Twin Sons of Loyton. Oh. Yeah, Nobody but cultists and skippers in that system, and it's as lawless as they say. JGov is far away when you're out there. Now, it was my first time skipping, and still to date my only time skipping, so naturally one of the suns decided to flare. The red light flooded the screen and left me blinded and strapped into the pilot seat, and the only thing there was to do was aim straight and hope. The craft was souped up, definitely not regulation, but it held together, pushing the limits of mundane physics, and it made sense, you know? It did. What skippers say about skipping being real living? Just a person and a machine straining eyes and muscles and resistors and thrusters and joints. All in tandem. About feeling the speed. Now, by definition, it was slower than light flight, but... The stars have never looked so much like you could reach out and touch them.
5: What... what happened? What do you mean? Well, like, clearly you're still alive.
3: Oh, after. Yeah, the memory of the flight is so crystallized, the details after aren't important. The flare died down. My opponent won, naturally. Wasn't her first time. I think I got drinks with her after. What's your name, friend?
4: to my dear Sandrine. Fuck you. Fuck you for all eternity. We were basically children, Sandrine, my sister and I. You promised us prosperity and delivered us pain. You used my sister for her flying skills and me for my fighting skills and you made us think we were important. But really, you had us trapped because we were too naive to know better back then. Well, I know now You just kept dangling prizes in front of us. There's a special place in hell for people like you. And don't you forget that it's only thanks to me that you are not there right this second. You owe me your life for that night on the fester. And because I know you take that stuff seriously, you're going to use your channels to safely get this message to my sister. And you better correct the subtitles if the auto-sub screws them up. Finally, my real message.
1: Um,
5: uh, you can call me Pod 10, Uh, they them. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's what the AI's calling me. Service thing can't hear, like, anything I'm saying.
3: Language, language. Ship's trying its best.
5: Really? It's, like, a customer service AI. And it can't even do that part of its job right now, let alone the whole, like, survival thing.
3: Easy, Pod 10. Nice to meet you. I'm Malachi. I use he-him pronouns. Hey, how come you curse like a Kanonu? You sound human. Are Ganonu expletives hip with the kids these days?
5: I'm 19.
3: Sorry. Are Ganonu expletives hip with the 19-year-olds these days?
5: It's, like... I picked it up from Dr. Song, um... Dr. Song's uh, my favorite TV show and Dr. Song's Ganonu, and the Ganonu used to, like, exile people to the surface on Tand in the olden times when they committed a crime, so...
3: Gotcha, gotcha. It's okay. God, the etymology is fascinating. Was that your first panic attack, Ten? Um, uh,
5: no, but that's, like, not important.
3: It is important. It's happened before?
5: Yeah. But I can handle it.
3: It never hurts to ask for help. Sure. How are you feeling?
5: It's... it's getting better.
3: Good. Take your time.
5: Do you... You're like the flight attendant, right? Do you know why the AI can't hear us?
3: No. I'm sorry. The sorts of interference that could cause this amount of comms difficulties are well outside a flight attendant's wheelhouse. You said your install of ship called you by pod number. Yeah. That checks out. Well, ship wouldn't have a record of you in the passenger log anyway, what with you being a stowaway, but it doesn't matter because these pod installs of ship are 16 days old. They wouldn't know any of the passengers.
5: But it knows you?
3: Yeah, by bioscan. I've been crew on the 999 for a year now. Ship and I go way back. For safety reasons... In the event of an emergency evac from a compromised flight, each escape pod has its own separate installation of the AI. When they're updated, they're all essentially the same person. They know all the same things. The ship doesn't consider itself a person, but anyway. Updating the pod installs is the flight attendant's job. But I was so busy adding things to the main installs media library that I forgot. If I had done the pod installs, ship would at least know enough about each of the passengers to keep them entertained while we wait. Instead, my install here in Pod 8, last updated 16 days ago, still thinks we're in the middle of reading Frankenstein, which we finished a week and a half ago.
2: You read
5: books with your AI?
3: Yeah, we love the classics.
5: Do you do a lot of mods on it?
3: Not really. I'm not a coder.
5: Yeah, the UJ-5 is not really the AI model a coder would go for.
3: Do you mod AIs?
5: I mean, like, I dabble. The UJ-5, though.
3: Ship doesn't need to be fancy to do its job, or to have a big custom media library. Even when someone can't hear us, it's still rude to talk badly of them.
5: Okay. Well, your, um, your relationship with the AI aside, I, um... There's something you should know? Uh, something I need to tell you. Yeah? Uh, well, have you been in contact with uh, Nogo, or like, the captain?
3: No, you're the first person I've talked to.
5: I'm not Nogo, I'm...
3: Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, I was saying no, as in negative, not referring to the passenger named Nogo. you know Nogo?
5: Oh, um, sorry, uh, Sam, you're the first person I've talked to, also. Um, I haven't spoken to anyone else since we got in the pods. Okay, so, like, there's something I really need to tell the captain.
3: Hey, Pod 10, we've been over this. It's okay. You don't owe us an apology. You're fine. You didn't take anybody's resources here, it was just an engine failure. Plutonica cheapskates on maintenance. everyone knows that. There's nothing we can do now but wait. Rescue will be coming soon.
5: What if I told you it was sabotage?
4: Hey, Bilar. I love you. I love you to the moon and back. And I love you to the stars and back. And I want you to know I'm sorry. I am so, so sorry. I wanted to protect you. But... To keep you safe was to keep you near me, and that put you in the same kind of danger I was in. I know how much you hate when people think you need protection, but you're my little sister. I was convinced that making enough money was the way to get us out of there. But I only dug us in deeper. I only moved us to a prettier cage. And when I switched careers to something far worse... I went too far. And I'm so sorry for that. I kept sending you back money, postcards, dreaming of some future that was never going to be. I'm a damn stupid idiot who has to go through three layers of identity just to get a message to you before I die. I wanted to sit on some porch somewhere beautiful with you looking out on hills or something, drinking wine and crystal glasses. Two old ladies. I should have just sat with you in the present. It's better to just be with what you have than to waste time pinning your hopes on the impossible. I know that no. But honestly, I gave up any rights to a peaceful retirement a long time ago. I don't deserve one. There's too much blood on my hands. You deserve everything, though. You were smart. You never got in too deep. You don't see their faces in your dreams. (laughs) (laughs) To think, Sandrine said I'd never make it to 30. Well, I blew her out of the water on that one, huh? 50's not too shabby for someone like me. Pilar, I need you to know that I tried to make it right at the end. I'm completely done with my contracting for the Coase. Have been for a few years now. I've been working with an organization that's actually been trying to do some good. To make the universe better. And that's because of you, Pilar. Hey, hey. It's okay to cry, but not forever, all right? I want you to be happy, love. I'd sign it to you. But there's nowhere to mount the phone, and I can't sign it one-handed. If you're seeing this, Pilar, then everything will have changed. You should know I tried to stop it, and I failed. But I died doing something that mattered. For once in my damn life. And there are other people out there, also doing things that matter, inside my new organization and out You're one of them, and you can find the others, no matter how awful everything gets. I love you. Goodbye. Stars, Pilar, you'd hate this part. At least, it's me, and not you. Doesn't look like I'll be delivering this to John now. No. Absolute best option. If j gets here before we're all dead, I gotta ditch the case somehow and pray they don't scan this part of space too hard. Hmm. Fat chance of any of that. Hear that, ship? If we get rescued, I need you to blow up my suitcase for the good of society. The exit is sealed for your safety. Good robot. Don't let any agents in. Keep me safe. Hang on. The the latch. I swear it was locked. The delivery's still there. All intact, but... But who opened my suitcase?
3: What?
5: Sabotage! Like, someone messing with the flight? Sabotage!
3: Be very careful what words you're throwing around here.
5: The only people allowed in the cockpit are, like, you and the captain, right?
3: That's correct, and I don't often have reason to go there.
5: I saw someone go in there. What? In, like, the middle of the first night, when everyone was asleep.
3: Are you sure it wasn't the captain?
5: Yeah, the captain's a Ganonu, right?
3: Captain Tossel's Ganonu, yeah.
5: This was a human. Like, um, an older human. Long coat, short dark hair.
3: That could be Alice. What were they doing in the cockpit?
5: Um, they were, um...
3: Wait, what were you doing in the cockpit?
5: I wasn't in the cockpit. I just, like, um, I was just up to get some mac and cheese because, hey, I-, I gotta eat, and I saw the cockpit. And the human. Right. We just stared at each other for a bit, like, deer in headlight style. I had not expected to see anyone, and neither had they. Um, and then I had an idea, so I tried to, like, play it like Quentin in the Dr. Song episode where they find out their dad was the Luna President because they have the same rare blood type. Uh, Quentin pretended to be, like, a light flight auditor to trick the spaceport staff. Only, his humans are right through me. Like, they said they needed to do something in the cockpit and in exchange for my silence, they wouldn't tell anyone I was a stowaway. And they'd, like, mess with the AI's programming so it wouldn't notice me either. What? Um, yeah, which, like, phew, that hadn't even occurred to me. Um, anyway... I'm not an idiot. I asked them, like, what they were going to do in the cockpit, and they said none of my business, so I asked if it would harm anyone, and they said, like, no, we'd all be fine and still get to Sirius, and no one would ever even know about this if everything went well. So I said, deal.
3: You let them go into the cockpit and reprogram ship?
5: Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. What was I supposed to do? I, like seriously needed to get to (sighs) serious.
3: Okay. Okay. That was probably not the best move. Clearly, this person at the cockpit was comfortable lying. But, the good news is, these 16-day installs of ship are from before the reprogramming. You're okay, ship! There's more. What?
5: Well... Uh, the next day, I couldn't, like, stop thinking about it. I was, like, crammed into a crawl space with nothing to do but edit my blogs all day. So, the next night, when I went to get my chana masala for dinner, I found the person from the night before. Sleeping. I, like, I know that sounds super creepy, but I wanted to make sure they weren't up to anything bad, so I looked in their suitcase. It was, like, old-fashioned and leathery and covered in stickers, it took me like two minutes to open it slowly enough so the hinge wouldn't creak. That thing needs oil. Alice. What? Huh?
3: It was Alice. She has a suitcase like that. The suitcase looks really friendly and touristy, but she never talked to anyone and mostly just listened to her music. Which is fair enough. Some passengers prefer that.
5: <laughs> like, it definitely wasn't packed for a vacation.
3: What was inside?
5: I have no idea.
3: But you must have seen.
5: I did! I just have no idea what it was.
3: Can can you t- can you tell me what color?
5: Look, I will like describe it to you as best as I possibly can. It looked like a bird sitting on an old-fashioned boat but constructed by someone who saw a picture of a bird once and didn't quite understand that they have like wings and it was like reflected through a glass of something bright lime green and the swirly bits kept changing what direction they were swirling in, and then they'd added, like, a fluffy orange pom-pom for decoration. Um... Do you believe me?
3: Well... You
5: have to believe me!
3: Honesty is the best policy, and this sounds fantastical.
5: I knew you wouldn't believe me! I swear, I'm, like, 100% sober!
3: The suitcase part sounds fantastical. But if Alice really did sneak into the cockpit and mess with ship, I'll need to have a word with her just as soon as we're all in contact again. Come on, ship. You can do it.
5: I'm surprised you haven't asked me why I, like, stowed away.
3: Huh? Oh. Well, that hardly matters now, does it?
5: I just... I need you to know that you can trust me and that I'm not, like, some kind of murderer or spy.
3: But um, you really don't seem like either of those.
5: I stood away because my mom wants me to be, like, a lawyer, but I don't. I want to study media studies, but she won't pay for it. But I'm in the final round for this, like, scholarship that would cover it. So I have to travel for the interview, but she can't know that I'm traveling.
3: Okay. That's understandable.
5: I know this sounds like a classic poor little rich kid. My mother doesn't understand me. Reluctant heir running from my responsibility scenario. But I swear this isn't what it sounds like.
3: Of course, no worries. And hey, good luck with the interview. Obviously, when we get out of here. Pod ten. Pod ten. Are you still there? Hello. Oh, the transmission's been cut. <laughs> well, that explains where the crew food was disappearing to. Pod Tan have just said they were on board. We'd have been happy to make them some mac and cheese, her huh, ship <sighs> Right. Well, they're either the worst spite ever, or the best, so I'll give them that. Oh ship. Who messed with you? on the
6: latest episode of Dr. Song. We'll see you now. You're not from around these parts, are you? What did you say your name was? I didn't. I'm a doctor. Ever since we eloped to Barnard
5: Star, something just hasn't
0: felt right. Hieronymus, don't do this.
5: Doctor, I... I have a confession to make.
1: Never in all my career have I ever seen a case like this. This is unprecedented.
0: Who's landing? Pirates!
1: We have to move the patient. We can't. I'm a professional.
6: Tune in to Dr. Song. We'll see you now. Now streaming on your Plug or
3: Ilamize.
5: No, no, no. They can't be taking the Hieronymus' secretly evil track. Ugh, that surface wannabe Hieronic butch 9 is probably, like, gloating all over my comments section. Oh.
4: oh, You'd think floating in an escape pod with no solid comms link is the one place in the universe you'd be safe from advertisements. Better me than you. You'd hate it here, Pilar. Though at least you wouldn't have to hear all this garbage. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Where's the light? There. (laughs) Of course. Stars. The co can't have us having control over anything in the pod for liability reasons. They don't want to get sued. I don't want to get sued! of shit escape pod doesn't have a keyboard to write to the AI, but JGov passed that accommodation law a while back, and even Plutonic's gotta follow the minimum accessibility laws for deaf users. <laughs> oh, there you are. 3D scanner, I could kiss you. Alright, I think you're on. Hopefully the shit AI is programmed with enough sign languages to recognize Pan-Oceanian sign language. Can you see this rust bucket? Hello, Pod5, I see you are a sign language user. I will write here, what is your name? (laughs) Yes! A-L-Y-S-S-O-B-E-L-U-S. Passenger identified. I thought your data wasn't backed up process of elimination, your scans and name do not match any known plutonic employee. It better not match any known anyone anywhere. (sighs) Ship, our coordinates, what are they? Uh. Are those numbers in an Earth frame of reference? Fuck. We're too close.
2: The exit is sealed for your safety.
6: And by photostarably monitoring the source brightness over time to produce a light curve, the gravitational microlensing event can be confirmed. The massive object that bends and distorts the light of the background source is never directly observed.
2: Want to study on the go? Don't have time to sit and read. Textbooks Out Loud is the app for you. We will always be free, but you can upgrade to premium for 500 bits a month.
6: Thus, the gravitational microlensing technique relies on electromagnetic sources and is not considered an example of multi-messenger astronomy. This consequence of Einstein's general relativity can be used to find objects as small as planets.
2: Look at you! We applaud your saving savvy, choosing our free versions of textbooks out loud. However, if you'd rather not hear these ads, you can always
0: upgrade to premium for just 500 bits a month.
6: The annular radius of the Einstein ring, microlensing, Event.
2: Thank you for listening to Rogue Maker. This episode, Odd Size Baggage, was written by Emma Johanna Purinen and directed by Rook Mogovero and Emma Johanna Purinen. The script was edited by Rook Guevero and Shione C. White, with sensitivity reading by Caroline Minx. Sound editing was by Emma Johanna Purinen and William R. Coughlin. Original music was composed by Emily Branham, who also sings our theme song. Our cover art was by Tatiana Arkdonder. In order of appearance, this episode featured the voices of... Nea Deruso as Alice Obelis. Emma Johanna Purinen as Ship.
3: Alistair Stewart as Malachi Tessera.
2: And... Rook Mogavero as Pod 10. This episode also featured...
0: Calder McClure as Tracer Documentary Narrator.
1: Oliver Herbart as Kuth Moodwo. Nuria Ahmed as Dr. Song. Jupiter Simpson as Hieronymus.
6: James Takahashi as Textbook Narrator.
2: And... Anna Christensen as Textbook Ad. Additional voices were lent by William R. Coughlin and Anna Coughlin. Last but not least, our vibe checker was... For transcripts and more, check out our website, roguemaker.space. If you want to help support Rogue Maker, please consider rating and reviewing us on your podcatcher of choice. You can also follow at Rogue Maker pod on Twitter and Instagram, or tell a friend about us, whether or not you think Hieronymus is secretly evil. Until next episode, take care of each other and stay safe out there.